Hi, and welcome to another episode of Raising His Kids, a podcast for stepmoms. We're your hosts. I'm Lauren, a child-free stepmom of one, hoping for an hour's baby soon. And I'm Tony, a bio mom of two and a stepmom of two. We are two stepmoms who, although we live at opposite ends of the world, quickly bonded over how we all deal with the same Karen as we navigate our lives raising his kids. All right. So before we get started, I wanted to play something that I thought was really funny. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. We did get a comment that um, on like one of the reels we posted this week about how much someone liked having you on. So I'm so glad nice. that it's worked out this way. Absolutely. So for all our listeners, Madison has decided that podcasting with us isn't as, what word would you use? Mentally taxing, maybe. I was concerned yeah. about previously when I said I wasn't going to join the podcast every week, that the mental tax of talking about my life and then living my life after I got off our podcast was going to be too much with Lincoln and everything we have going on. But um, I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah. So you're going to join us fortnightly just because who knew that syncing three people's schedules was going to be so difficult? Yes. So difficult. And I thought that's it- no biggie. We can honor that. And I'm just super thankful to be with you guys every other week. It works out well because there's a few times coming up that I'm taking big K away for some one-on-one time. So you two can record together and I'll be absent. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there are definitely times where all of us are going to have other stuff going on. So it works out to have another co-host without having to find one. Yeah. <laughs> A little backup in your pocket. Yeah. <laughs> so I changed the schedule of what we were recording about today just because of something that Big K had said to me and it kind of triggered me and I was like, I need to talk about this because I need to process it, which is the two homes versus two families. And I read a lot of the listener comments and I don't think everyone understood where I was coming from mm-hmm. with wanting to talk about it. So I think we should possibly talk about, and I noticed Lauren's also responded the same way a lot of our listeners have responded, which is completely different to the way that I meant it. So So maybe we should talk about our listener responses in relations to the two homes, two families, and then we can get into out or do Lauren's thoughts, your thoughts, and then maybe we come back to mine and my point of view on it. That sounds perfect. Yeah. Now I'm very curious what you meant though, if the rest of us misunderstood. Well, it's, I guess things are left open to interpretation, right? Right. And we all have different opinions. Um, I feel a certain way about it. Not completely different to the way people have responded, but I have a different train of thought. That makes sense. Which is good though. I I think that's the important piece of this podcast is creating community and hearing some of these other points of views and interpretations to broaden our own views or stand firmer in them because I'm not afraid to do that either yeah (laughs) exactly all right so listener 
questions and responses. So the first one said two families, high conflict bio mom got pregnant to try and keep him from leaving her. It worked temporarily, but they were no longer together when stepson was born. She has her family and we have our own without her. Um, your family with your mom and your family with your dad as stepmom. I am not family with high conflict bio mom, which I get that. And that's one of my perspectives is yeah, I I'm, I'm not family with Karen. But we'll get back to it when I talk about my point of view on it. Okay. And another one said, we are two families. We make it clear to him that we are both my stepson's family, but high conflict bio mom's family is riddled with drug addicts, alcoholics, and a lot of negativity that we want no part of. I also think that she is not a good person or influence for the children. So as of now, I would never leave her alone with an hours baby or truly even let her hold them. And we'll make it clear to our babies, that she is not family to them. And we did have one response as well that agreed on the two homes rather than two families. And there was a few more votes for two families rather than two homes. So that's pretty split. It is pretty split. And when I say that I have a different opinion to some of them, it's not an entirely different opinion. It's just more of a perspective of what I'm trying to show the kids. Right. Um, what are your opinions on the two homes, two families? Um, I definitely agree with the last one a lot where, or no, the middle one, sorry, where it's uh, I'm not family with high conflict by a mom. Cause that is something that we do is like that, like this is dad's family. That's mom's family. And, but like, we make it very clear that we're all his family. So he has one big family, but Correct. the rest of us are two. Correct. And that that was my point of view. And this stemmed from Big K coming home from a weekend with his dads where he said he has two families. And I looked at him and I said, no, you don't. What are you talking about? And he said, well, I've got my, I've got a family at dad's house and then I have a family at your house. I said, mate, just because your dad and I are no longer family doesn't mean that we're not your family. I said, just like every other child whose parents are still together, you have one family, but you have two sides to that family. That mm. makes a lot more sense, like where you were going with that. <laughs> I, I'm no longer family with his dad, so but that doesn't mean that we're both not his family. So I'm very more focused on that the child has one family. Gotcha. Right. Yeah, that makes more sense. And two homes that they live in between that family. Because we had an incident last year where Big J did a thing for school and he had to write about his family and he only wrote his mum. And he goes, oh, but that, and it was very, like, it was his mum and his stepdad and um, little J. And we're like, but we're your family too. And he goes, but we just visit. Oh, which that just infuriates me because that's one, been one of Karen's things is that she is their home, she is their family, and she makes them it, she makes it clear to them that they are only visitors in our home, which is not the case at all. So one thing that we try and instill in the kids is that they each have one family, but they have two sides, just like any other child would. Even when their parents were together, they still had one family but two sides to that family. Right. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if many people would actually agree with me on that because there was, you know, a lot of people going, we're two families, we keep it all separate. 
There's right. so many dynamics though, within all of these structures that I'm sure in some people's families, it would be abusive to count everyone as a family. If it's that high conflict. Absolutely. But I'm more about teaching the children that they don't have to split themselves in half. They don't have one person in one house and another person in another house. That it's their world and we as adults need to fit into their world. And and your dynamic, Tony, you're kind of correcting a problem where these thoughts he that big K's having about having two homes versus two families are not organic to him. They're being instilled. And then you're combating that on the other side to make it more full and whole for him. Yeah. Like just because his parents split up doesn't mean that he now has two separate families. Right. And I think a lot of it has to do with Karen 2.0 because his father used to very well be on the bandwagon that this is Big K's world and we need to fit into Big K's world. But since all the crap went down with Karen 2.0, Big K's not even allowed to mention my name in that house. I do not exist when he's there. Oh, that's not good. Which is abusive behavior to him. Yes. Just bottom line, you cannot remove a vital person from that child's bubble when it's convenient or feels better to you as that other parent. Yeah. And, you know, I know what it's like. I'm sure none of us really want to hear Karen's name being mentioned in our homes, but we're all very well aware that Karen is a part of our kid's life. Right. Exactly. So we, in our, in our family, we have very open communication where the kids will call us from bio mom's house and we will always say yes to a phone call to her when they're in our home and Max always talks on speakerphone. So oftentimes bio mom will literally be in our house on the phone, right? right? As they're talking, but it's the same thing on the other side. I do not want him to not call me when he wants to. Yeah. So I'm going to give him the space and opportunity to live his life independently as he wants to. Yeah. It doesn't matter how I feel about it. We had to get put into court orders that Karen could only call every other night that she wasn't with the boys because she was calling several times a day, every day. And, and that's different. This is, that's intrusive. This is Max wanting to reach out to the yeah. other parent when he's at a home. And so there's we, a, a lot more freedom in that. Although sometimes we tell him to go upstairs because we are watching a movie as a family or something. And he hops up and wants to go <laughs> make a phone call. Yeah. So a- appropriateness for the household is something we control, but not the act. Yeah. And that's something Lauren and I have spoken about before is if the boys are talking to their other parents, they have to take that phone call in their room. Mm. So that Which gives not- them privacy as well. It does. Exactly. And that's I mean, in Tony's case, it was not good for little Jay to be hearing from his mom five times a day. Right. No, it's still not good for him to hear from her every other day. You know, he got lectured. So he's just come home yesterday and he got lectured and he told me like he's in a panic. He's touching his phone every 10 seconds. And he's like, I got in trouble because I didn't bring my phone last week and I didn't call mum. It's like, mate, you don't have to call her because we've put that line in place that neither parent is to call him, that we leave it up to him. And she obviously, we already do that with Big J because Big J is getting older and 
he doesn't want to be talking to us every 10 seconds. So we already put that in place with him, but on our side, but she doesn't follow that either. She will call what the court orders tell her she can call and she still tries it with little J's. So we're very big on going, mate, if you don't want to talk to her, you don't have to because it upsets him still. What guilt to put on a tiny child. Right. Right. Like it's mental. Oh, well, let me stick my view on this two homes, two families thing. Yeah. Yeah. You haven't done yours. I have a differing view. (laughs) I feel that we are one family, but I think that's because that's my ultimate goal. We aren't, if we were to look at it objectively. But I so badly want it to feel that way for the children that I am willing to take anyone into my family that is in their circle if it makes them feel more whole. I was telling Tony yesterday that when we were talking about this topic and how we had switched to this one, that I grew up with a very high conflict, abusive stepmother and that she made sure that I knew that I was the every other weekend child and the family she had created with my dad and my half sister were the family. Similarly, Her parents didn't give me Christmas gifts, but they gave them to my sister. I wasn't included. It was the most painful situation as a small child to be in. And I didn't have the words then to emotionally handle what she was doing to me. And it still bothers me as an adult. So I have brought all of those feelings and that baggage into my life as a stepmom in order to make sure that I don't create the same feelings for my children. Yeah. Yeah. That's huge. I feel like having that past experience probably makes it like, like an entirely different experience as a stepmom. There's just so many things that like my husband won't think about, but will trigger me as far as inclusion and things he just may not think about how they may feel. Um, Like when we talk about clothes going back and forth and, and not wanting all of our clothes to end up there. But as a child who was told I couldn't take items to my mom's house and I didn't understand why, but I knew I was in trouble for trying to, I never want our kids to feel that way. And see, Lauren and I have spoken about the clothes issue before, because let's face it, it's a big issue for a lot of blended families. And Lauren, Lauren, the, 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 Lauren and I have both said like we because T likes to take toys and stuff between homes but for us it's more we buy the boys more trendier clothes they want to take them to Karen's house so we just explain to him explain to them that's fine if you take them you need to bring them back because we're not going to replace them right so if if you don't bring them between the homes they're just going to disappear and they'll only be in the other home And that makes much more sense. We've pointed out to the boys before that our nicer, newer clothes are disappearing and look at what you've worn today and there'll be holes in the, in the knees and, and stains on the shirt. And so just trying to make them realize, because we're not at a place yet where we can't replace things or we have an abundance of clothes. No one here needs clothes. So (laughs) it's not a problem. It's an irritation. (laughs) And because of that, I don't want emotions to lay so heavy on it. And I think that's, that's what I want to prevent mainly. There was another thing I thought of as we were prepping to come on this episode was 
that my stepmom told me I needed to start calling her mom after my sister was born so she wouldn't get confused. Oh my God. No, we've spoken about that and how I approached the subject was because the boys were still calling me Tony. Mm -hmm. And I, I approached it that when you're talking to your sister, can you say the words your mum? Completely appropriate. Because to her, I am her mum. I'm not right. asking them to call me mum, but I explained it in a way that how do you go to a friend's house? Do you, you call the, like, if you don't really know the friend's mum, like, do you say your mum or do you say miss whatever? You know, and a lot of the times the boys were going, oh, we just talk to our friends and say your mum. I said, so why can't you do that to your siblings? Oh, that was a great way to explain it. Yeah, it was. <laughs> but I mean, even if like they, like they do get confused and, and if they did say, oh, Tony to uh, little K, it wouldn't be like that serious. Like it's not so serious that you should demand another little kid call you mom. Oh, no, no, no. And right. even when they have done it, we don't say anything unless she parrots back my name mm-hmm. and go, and we just go, oh, just remember when you're talking to her, say the words, your mum. Right. Right. Because, I mean, all but, the kids are learning in that situation, every one of them. So it's not it's not that serious. And I think no. it's easier for Big K to say things like it, when he's in our home, it's easier for him to say your dad because when he goes to the other house, he has to say your mum to his brother. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But he's very much across the board on it. And like I said, Big J decided he was going to go, oh, I'm going to call you Mama T. And then he's calling me your other mom. Now he just goes, bruh, sup, bruh. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I can't imagine for you though, Madison, growing up and having your stepmother tell you to call her mom. But I grew up where my older brother and sister were raised by their stepmother, my biological mother. But I, and I've spoken about this before, I didn't know that we were a blended family because it was my mum and my dad raising them and my siblings called my mum mum, but that was their choice that I later found out. Well, that makes sense because your mum raised them. Like their mum wasn't in the picture, right? Yeah. So she, she was in, I've got to be careful of how I say this. She was in the picture, but not on a regular custody schedule, like every other weekend or anything like that. So, I mean, that's different if the kids want to call her mom. Yeah. And I guess that's why I've always been welcoming of it. That if the, and I'm pretty sure they only started calling her, my mom, mom after my brother was born. Uh, Yeah, that makes sense. So, and by that time, my mom had already been raising them for over two years before my brother was born. Right. So, it was like a natural progression rather than my dad going, here's this woman, she's your new mum. Like it wasn't like that. Mm-hmm. And that's why I've always been very big on if the kids choose it, let them because that just means that they see you in a certain light. And I, I don't, as a bio mum, I do not see it as a sign of disrespect. You know, I don't either. And that's, that's good input for you to put in because I feel like I can't have that opinion. Um, because that would be, I would get in trouble for that. (laughs) (laughs) Your boys boys call you Nina. 
Like they what's do. the background behind that? Like, does that mean mom in another language or something? Mm, no, that's what most of my family calls me. It's been my nickname forever. Right. And so we gave the boys a choice that they could call me Madison, which was my real name, or they could call me by a nickname, which was Nina, which we thought in presenting them with that was giving them this ownership over me being their person. Yeah. And Max did not call me Nina at first. That was a natural progression. We yeah. didn't push it. Both names were on the table. I was his. To name however he chose. And then he did call me Nina. What bothers me is that bio mom does not call me Nina when referring to me. And I'm no. not sure if I have a right to be upset about it, but she knows that that's the nickname that they call me. She has asked before in front of them when she's being nice to me, oh, what do they call you? Yes, go give this to Nina. And then she reverts and calls me Madison. And it's like, I'm being reminded of my place. Like, I don't get too comfortable. <laughs> I, I wouldn't take offense to it because at the end of the day, the boys are still calling you Nina. And that's true. And to me, that would mean that they they still have that bond and you're still their person. And I wouldn't want a bloody Karen calling me the name that my bonus kids called me. And it's not to my face. I think it's when when she refers to me in their presence as Madison, knowing that that's not their name for me. It yeah, feels you think blatantly, blatantly disrespectful. You know that's like not what they call me. I get that. But our Karen knows that Big J calls me his other mother and she refuses to call me his other mother. I can't make her refer to me as their other mother. Right. Yeah. And I think it's the same feeling for bio mom. She, she doesn't want to call me anything too familiar. Yeah. So I wouldn't take offense to it. And I know that it's easy to take offense to it, but just remember that the boys still call you that special name and that's what you should hold on to. I think I'll just start calling her by her name in front <laughs> of her to them. But that's the thing. I would never do that. Right. Like there's so, time. Where... I'm going to sit on my soapbox with my knee, with my legs crossed and just be pretty. <laughs> there's times where, where we will use the words Karen's house or Big K's dad's house by the name. And that's normally when, and it could be in front of the kids, but it would be when Miss K is asking, like, where are they going? So and that's to prevent, appropriate, though. To prevent confusion to her, because she is still little and she doesn't quite comprehend that my husband and I are not the only mum and dad. Right. So we'll go, you know, begin little Jay going to Karen's house. And she goes, oh, okay. Like, she gets that. And as time goes on, she's three. As time goes on, she will learn that Karen is their mum and I am not their mum. Right. Um, and the boys will also tell her, go, oh, I, I'm going home to Karen's house. And Big K does the same thing. He mm -hmm. will go, I'm going home to my dad's house. But using that name, we haven't come up with a code name for him. So the kids do use that when they reference it. And if they're on the phone to their other parent, they will say if because Miss K is a busybody and she wants to talk to their other parents, so they will <laughs> use the terminology. They'll use their parents' name and go, oh, I'm talking to Karen or I'm talking to the dad's name. 
And how do they respond to that? Like, how does Karen respond to like her kids saying, oh, I'm talking to Karen? She's actually okay with it because she knows that they're talking to their sister, you know, that her expecting them to call her mum to their little sister would be the same as me expecting them to call me mum. Right. Right. But Big K's dad has an issue with it and he's like, you can't say that because I'm not bleep, I'm dad. And Big K turned around and said, but you're not her dad. So to her, you are bleep. Exactly. So like what does he expect her to what does Biodad expect Big K to say to his sister? Well, he expects him to say that he's talking to his dad, but Big K doesn't want to because he knows that that would cause confusion because it's not yeah. my dad. She's right. so tiny. Yeah. And it's very different that if you were talking to, like, a friend and going, like, he could, he could go, I'm talking to my dad named Bleep, but he didn't. And I don't think Big K didn't mean it in an offensive way, but he knows that his dad is not Miss K's dad. So he's not going to tell Miss K that he's talking to dad. He's going to call him by his name, just like friends would. Right. When when my kids bring people over, they don't go, oh, this is mom, this is dad. No, they go, this is my dad named Bleep and this is my mom or my stepmom, Tony. Mm -hmm. Right. So what's the difference in saying that to your siblings? That's a good question. Just making it difficult. Exactly. That's all That's all, all of that is about. Even what you were saying, Madison, about how she won't call you Nina. It's like, it's just to be difficult. <laughs> and then in Bio Mom's house, she has a boyfriend. And she, when referencing him to the kids, calls him Mr. Blank. Us too. And I don't like it. I don't either. This is someone that sleeps in that child's home and is around all the time. There should be more familiarity than that. Because why is this person, it feels like this person's being put on some pedestal to be called Mr. Blank. Is the blank the first name or the last name? The first name. Yeah, for us too. Which I I would get if it was a friend or someone that's outside, but you've now brought him into this Again, talking about family, when that person starts sleeping in the home of the child, you are bringing that person into their family, whether they want to be or not. And you need to take responsibility for that. And who gets to be respected more? Not Mr. Blank. Get out of here. Right. (laughs) I totally agree. He had a stocking at their house this year. Was Mr. in front of it? Because if not, then stop that. Exactly. I completely agree with you. Um, she tried to get him to call me Miss Lauren for a while. No, and we had to ask no, her ma'am. to stop because, like, that came out of nowhere. I've been in this kid's life since he was one years old, and he's always called me Lauren. So then, like, all of a sudden, she gets a boyfriend, and he, she wants him to call me Miss. I'm like, no, that is not going to work out. We had to ask her to stop. This yeah, of a- course. Oh, sorry, and uh, this might be like a cultural difference. Because besides teachers, it's not very common that you call anyone Miss or Mister. In America, it's very common for a parent trying to teach manners to have that child call anyone older than them interacting with the family, whether it's a babysitter. We call Lincoln's therapist Miss. Mm -hmm. 
and have we reference her in front of her like that as just a show of respect and that we're trying to teach our children manners. (laughs) I think that was big here in the 90s because I remember growing up, we would call like our friends, parents, Mr. and Mrs. and use the surname, not the first name until Mm. we became more comfortable with them. Right. I remember my primary school best friend, I used to call her parents mom and dad. I practically lived at their house. I still, if I see them today, I don't, like, if I see her mom at the shops, I don't go, oh, hey, Sean, I go, hey, mom. And her and I don't, like, we're still not close friends now. We kind of drifted apart in high school. But I grew up, called, like, at first they were Mr. and Mrs. McDonald, and now they're just mom and dad. Right. Which would have been fine for Mr. Blank if he was brand new. But he, again, he had a stocking at Thanksgiving. So. Yeah, like, I can understand when when they're brand new. But if you've been around for a long time, it's like how Max progressed from Madison to Nina. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like that natural progression. And you can tell that sometimes he doesn't know what to call him because he'll go back and forth. Sometimes he's just mom's boyfriend and he doesn't have a name. Sometimes he's Mr. Blank. Sometimes he's just blank. And he stumbles over it every time. That's hard for him. Mm-hmm. And it's not fair. That's his house. Yeah. It's like kind of torn between showing this man respect but wanting to be comfortable with him, especially if he's right. in their home or at least spending a decent amount of time in their home. Well, my And I guess my thing is that he spends the night. Yeah. So if he's spending the night, it's not his house. It's Max's house. He should be miss- Mr. Max. Yeah. Who should be respected more? I yeah, get exactly. that he should be respected as mom's new boyfriend. I just think that we need to remember who is top tier in the home. Yeah. And level that playing field a little bit so that he doesn't feel inferior or uh, like he needs to protect his place. I know that he has some very clingy feelings to mom and I'm not sure that that's going to help that to feel like he's threatened by another man in the home getting attention. Right. And by giving him a title in front of his name, it is lifting him up in, in that hierarchy. Right. Right. And I guess as a bio mom to a son, I can relate to this. Big K did feel threatened when my husband came into the picture, mm-hmm. but he was always just known by his first name. So he didn't get a mister in front. But one thing that I always instilled in Big K that he is and always will be my main man, because for so long, it was just him and I, even when his father and I were still together, it was still just Big K and I, because his father and I weren't in a good place for a long time. So it, we were like, together but living two separate lives Mm -hmm. so when I did get with my it sounds really dirty when I say that when my husband (laughs) and I started introduced the kids to each other and us to the kids we were just known as mum's friend dad's friend and our names and when my husband started spending more time and spending the night you know I would just reiterate to Big K that and I still do it now because sometimes he feels a sort of way about the fact that I'm running around after Big J. So Big K has this new responsibility. He rides his bike to and from school because we live really close to the school. I got him a phone. He's got keys to the house. 
So he feels really responsible, but he feels a type of way because he has to do that on days where I'm picking up the boys. And it's more so while I'm picking up Big J to get him to and from his football practice. Mm -hmm. And I had to say to him, just because I'm doing this thing, these things for your brothers doesn't mean that you're not my main man still. Like you're still my main man. You're still my number one. And when my husband and I got married, I was like, you know, just because he's my husband doesn't mean that you're still not important to me. And I think those conversations are so important. When bio mom broke up with a previous boyfriend, Max got really emotionally clingy to me. I think he thought I was next. Oh, so I was quiet for a while. And as it continued for days, finally, I just grabbed his sweet little face and I looked at him and I said, Nina is not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. And he started crying and he hugged me. It was exactly what he needed to hear because they don't know how to process these emotions. They didn't make any of these choices themselves. All of this is happening to them. Yeah. So I think it's really important to remind them that they're children and that they're safe and that they are so loved by all of these humans. Yeah. You just reminded me of a story that my mom told me. It was when she was pregnant with my brother and the house that my parents lived in, they had really small wardrobes because you imagine it's late 80s, early 90s. And the houses had really small wardrobes. So mum would like pack her winter wardrobe into a suitcase and transfer out her summer wardrobe and alternate the seasons that way. And my eldest brother, so technically half brother, walked in when she was doing this and he burst into tears and said, Shelly, are you leaving us? Oh, Because the last time he saw a woman packing a suitcase was the day his mum left. Oh, how heartbreaking. So he... All she was doing was changing out her wardrobe, but it triggered him and he thought that she was packing to leave. That's so sad. And that's just a reminder of how traumatizing all of this is to our children. We were all traumatized in some way or another by our own upbringings. We are now traumatizing our children. And when we recognize that we're doing it, I think it's so important to talk about it. To correct it, to love through it, to do something to recognize that this is a moment. This is going to be a core memory of some kind, even if if it's in the deepest, darkest corners, that we can just bring a little light to it and it doesn't have to be as heavy because there's going to be lots of other moments where we don't realize the effects of our actions because we're all doing our best living this life. I always tell my husband that even though so I'm right overnight stepmom, I'm still years later, I feel new because I've never raised a 10-year-old and 6-year-old before, but neither has my husband. So oh, it's, right. it's all relative, right? I need to feel inferior or new because we're all just doing our best. He's yeah. new at this too in this moment with these ages as the person he is teaching the children that we have right now. Nothing else matters because it doesn't matter. Yeah. And so we're going to That's gonna such a great up. way to look at that. Yeah. And I think it helps to to get rid of some of that feeling of inferiority. I might not have their entire past. I may never have changed Max's diapers, but I know what he looks like at 10 years old first thing in the morning. Right. And and I'll know what he's like tomorrow and the next day. And in five years, these memories will be 
those memories and I'll have a 15 year old that I'm, I'm meeting for the first time. Yeah. That's a really good way to look at that. Cause I know that a lot of stepmoms struggle with not being the first, but when you look at it that way, you are the first for a lot of things. And it evens that playing field. Bio mom has never raised a 10 year old either. So right. high five girl, we're in this together. We yeah. are family, whether you like it or not. And that's how <laughs> I view the family dynamic. <laughs> uh, if a terrorist attack happened right now, I would have bio mom and the kids come over and stay here till it was over. Yeah. I know that's kind I, of catastrophic to look at it that way, yeah. but it's just how I view at the end of the day, all of my petty feelings aside, how do I actually view our unit? Like wherever yeah. the kids are, I'm going. And if that means that I'm going to be family with bio mom, then bring it on sister. Yeah. You also have to look at it like as your stepkids family also, it's like, like we don't want anything bad to happen to bio mom, not for our sake, but for my stepson's sake. And it's like, I know she hates me and I think she hates my husband, but she feels the same way because uh, like a couple years ago, we had like this huge hurricane that was like hitting our area really hard and she lives an hour away. So she was safe. And she offered for us to like come and stay with her. Um, Obviously we did not do that. We went and stayed with his parents instead, but like the offer was there. So I know she feels the same type of way, um, even though she probably didn't want us there anyway. But for my, my stepson's sake, she was willing to at least bear that for a couple of nights. Which means a lot. It says, it says a lot for her love for her son that, that she would put all that aside. Yeah, and and I don't know if my Karen would do that or not, but (laughs) I'd I'd make myself uh, welcome. (laughs) Yeah, and I guess that's how I move into this life. She does not have to like me; she does have to respect me, and I'm going to act like she loves me. (laughs) That's all you can do, (laughs) because then it can't hurt me, and it does hurt me. So, so that doesn't actually work. But it, it changes how I carry myself in situations. If I'm going into some event where we're all going to be together and I know that she's going to have dagger eyes at me, if I brainwash myself and say, you know what? Chin up. She loves you. She can't I mean, hurt you. Yeah. If that works, I mean, you could trick yourself into anything. So, I mean, I, I do stuff similar to that too. If it works, it works. Because if I start to feel inferior and I allow myself to sit in that feeling, I spiral and then I'm not present. It hurts the children. It hurts me. I fight with my spouse. I Mm -hmm. try and fight with bio mom. I'm ready for it then. Right. (laughs) It does not actually serve anyone. So if I go into situations knowing that I am worth everything I'm worth in my family, it doesn't matter what she thinks and just assume she loves you then I'm not as afraid. Yeah. I mean, you got to do what you got to do to protect yourself. And I feel the same way as you. Like I will spiral if I don't tell myself positive things. So, and um, as brainwashing uh, as that may seem to tell myself that she loves me, telling myself that she hates me is not any different because I don't know that to be fact. The things I think that she's thinking about me are not facts either. They're just things I'm assuming So Mm -hmm. I might as well just assume she loves me. Exactly. And she thinks I'm pretty and she thinks I'm funny and I'm a great stepmom. And I make the best cornbread. You make the best cornbread, you said? Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) On some level, she does believe all that. I'm sure. 
I think on some level they do believe it and they know it to be true and that's why they have so much disdain for us. Yeah. Right. There's like a chemical reaction that happens in a bio mom's body. Sorry, Tony. When, when they feel feelings of happiness or, or worth towards the stepmom, that it starts to sizzle and go, no, you don't. And see this, I made a post about this. I don't know if either of you saw it, but it was about secure bio moms. So I am secure enough in my ability to be a parent and a mother to my son. And I'm secured that he views me and knows that I am his mother and I love him, that it doesn't matter what his relationship with his stepmom's like, if he loves her like a mother, I don't care. Do you know why? Because I know I am his mother and I know that she will not replace me in any way, shape or form, no matter how good she is at stepmothering. And you've said that before, and I've always appreciated it when I'm kind of wallowing that you'll you'll shed this bio mom light on the situation of of the fact that some of the vitriol that comes out is inferiority showing through. Yeah, for sure. And and bio mom's own fears, which just Absolutely. humanizes it all a little bit. So I've always appreciated that. Absolutely. Like we just got an email regarding little Jay's diagnosis and I was so infuriated because Karen wrote the email as if my husband and I are completely unaware that he is autistic. We have been well aware for four years that he is autistic and we have been trying to get him help. Now that she's gone ahead, got him assessed, she's acting like she's Queen B and that she she's the one who's figured it out and we need to learn how to to work with him. We already know how to work with him. That's why his behaviors are managed within our home. Mm. But she still felt the nerve to write in an email that as parents and step parents, we need to learn how to manage little Jay. Well, that's because she needs to learn. And that's like another like insecurity thing where she doesn't want to be like, oh, I'm the only one who's like behind on this. So I'm just going to group us all together and say, we all need to figure it out. Exactly. But it still infuriated me to read it because, you know, I've been doing the webinars with Autism Queensland. I have been doing the parenting programs that I also did the parenting programs that the court told us we should do. Actually, they told my husband he should do. And I went, you know what, I'll do it too. She Mm -hmm. still hasn't. And within those parenting programs, they do, and courses, they do have options to target it towards like a specific child so you can go I have a child with autism and they will target that course towards how to parent that child oh that's great awesome yeah yeah so for our Australian listeners definitely recommend doing the triple p parenting program it's free as well oh that's nice yeah in America go to a government website and still not find anything (laughs) And definitely not anything for free. <laughs> no. The program used to only be free to Queensland residents, but now they've opened it up to all Australia and they've been really pushing it. And I think it's because since COVID, parents are struggling. Right. Oh, yeah. And I think that's why they're really targeting it. It's on every TV channel as an ad. And yeah, I'm hearing it on the radio every day. So I think they're trying to get more people to do it. And it is a beneficial course. Like I learned some new like tricks, I guess you could call them, on how to handle little Jay when he's mid meltdown and he's hurting another child. Right. 
and not sending him to his room. Do not send a child to their room for timeout. Send them to the most boringest room in the house with nothing to do. They will calm down and it works. Sometimes it gets worse before it gets better, but it works. Mm -hmm. Um, Because that was one thing we were doing. We were sending him to his room. But that's meant to be his safe place. Why would we send him there to punish him? Right. So it makes sense. And you don't want that that correlation of that being a negative space. Correct. Because that is meant to be his safe place. That's where his things are. And if we're trying to get him to calm down, we don't want him to think that his bedroom is a place of punishment. Right. We use our split level stairs because there's like a stoop area. Yeah. Uh, and so the boys will sit there if needed to calm down or to have a timeout. One of Lincoln's least place. favorite places, but that it's just, it's not an area. Any of us congregate, right? It's just a spot. No we emotions the, needed. We That's a really laundry. good place for that. Oh, you the laundry room you said? Yeah. That's a good idea too. Oh my gosh. I, Max would go home and tell his mom that we put him in the basement. <laughs> <laughs> If only I had a broom cupboard, I could just Harry Potter them. Right? That would not go over well, I'm sure. (laughs) It would not. It would not. (laughs) But no, it tends to only be little J. The other boys don't have the same outbursts and need for timeout. But little J goes there. And because he's so tiny, he can fit between the dryer and the sliding glass door. And so I go to go in there and I'm like, where is he? And he's like curled up, knees to chest, and he's oh sitting goodness. like <laughs> between this glass window. I'm like, mate, you have this whole room. Our laundry room is not that small. Like he could lay down in there if he wanted to. Right. Um, <laughs> but he chooses to curl up in a ball and he like hides behind the dryer, staring out the glass window at a fence. That's so funny. And that just reminded me that uh, you ladies know that we have locks on all of our doors that lincoln can't open uh these these plastic flip locks and i went to the bathroom the other night and lincoln locked me in the bathroom (laughs) (laughs) i'm so glad it happened for the first time when everyone was home can you imagine if i got locked in the bathroom while uh cameron and max were out on a date or something and then i was he had free reign of the house it would burn down that'd be awful it'd burn down and he He's just learned to lock them. He doesn't know how to unlock them. So there's no way I could even coerce him to help me out. Oh, gosh. Might be time to make those a little higher then. I know. He's getting bigger. We don't know what we're doing yet. We're ignoring that problem. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) So once again, thank you for listening. Feel free to follow us on Instagram, like, and comment on our content and subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to leave us a review. Bye. Bye. Bye.